The reading this morning will be taken from Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Proverbs chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. If you're following along in the Pew Bible, it'll be on page 565. 565. Does not wisdom cry out and her understanding lift up her voice? She takes her stand on top of the high hill beside the way where the paths meet. She cries out by the gates at the entry of the city, at the entrance of the doors. To you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O you simple ones, understand prudence, and you fools be of understanding heart. Listen, for I will speak of excellent things, and from the opening of my list will come right things. Good morning. It is good to see each of you. If you're a guest this morning, uh, we thank you for being here. It encourages us that you're here, and uh, we want to be an encouragement to you also. Uh, we think about some wonderful things that's happened over the past few days. We're thankful that yesterday we had a wonderful single mom's car care clinic. We were able for over 20 ladies to be able to change their oil and to clean up the inside of their car. Since it was raining outside, we weren't able to do much to the outside of their car, but really to help the inside of their cars a lot, uh, to give them manicures and, and just to visit with them and get to know some wonderful, wonderful ladies. It was a blessing for us, and uh, we hope that it was a blessing for them. And we hope that God received all the glory for it. And we know that uh, some good relationships were established. And we look forward uh, to getting to know some of these ladies and their children even better in the future. Also, when we think back to last week, uh, we think about last Sunday, we had a wonderful Friends Day. And even though the rain seemed like it was going to create a hindrance to the day, uh, what ended up was probably one of the best Friends Day that we ever had. We want to thank... Doug Williams for his great leadership. This is a big event and he pulls together a lot of people and there's a lot of people that help in big ways. And so there's so many names that ought to be mentioned, but we thank each one of you that invited for each one that prayed. Many of us prayed for individuals every day, three times a day. And I really believe that that's one of the reasons, perhaps the reason that we had the best friends day we probably ever had. And we're thankful to God for that. Also, as you see these pictures, you see that we had a great game of gotcha. Uh, the rain held off. And uh, you may recognize some of these on this next page. We love our elders. We appreciate them uh, entertaining us and, and being a part of uh, this day. Let's, let's go on down to our elders there. Uh, we, we, uh, if, if you miss that, all I can say is you missed it. It was a great occasion. Uh, we appreciate them. Uh, a lot more reasons than just a game of gotcha, but they did give us a lot of good memories to hang on to and a lot of good laughs together. And the classes were cheering for their elder. And uh, we're blessed. If you haven't found a class yet, you're missing out on something. You're missing out on a wonderful opportunity to study God's word. And you're missing out on an opportunity to get to know each other better. And uh, I encourage you. Uh, there are classes that would love to have you in there. And we can help you find that class that would be a good fit for you. So please, if you haven't found a class yet, let us know about that. And uh, we'd love to help you find that. Also, keep in mind, next Sunday evening, May 12th, Sunday evening, will be a stateside dinner. It's a catered meal to honor 
honor and to say thank you to those that have been a part of stateside mission trips all throughout the past years. And it's also an opportunity that if you want to learn more about this year's trip in July, please come to it and we can tell you about the work that's going to take place in Bristol. So much good is happening already in the plans. Uh, a lot is already underway. And so we look forward to that. Be sure and mark your calendars and make your place uh, to be there. I am really excited about this study that we have underway this month about wisdom. I'm excited for the personal benefit to be able to spend several weeks studying such an important and timely because it is timeless topic. Just a few moments ago, we heard a powerful scripture read from a book of wisdom. It was the first few verses of the eighth chapter, and it's hard to know where to stop reading because every verse through there, before and after that chapter even, is all about wisdom. But I want you to think about, does it, can you say, sure, I've heard wisdom because God, who tells no lie, he says, wisdom has been crying out Wisdom has been lifting her voice. Really? God, I haven't heard wisdom lately. He says, it's like she's on a, a hill up high so everyone could hear. Oh, you need her where the paths cross in life and you have to make decisions. You need that wisdom. And even in the gates, why under the old culture did they go to the gates? Because there, there sat the people with wisdom and you pulled from them and you learned from them. Well, what, what did we want to learn from them? We need to learn understanding. We need to learn prudence. We need to learn things that are excellent. We need to learn things that are righteous. And we could go on and on, but we stopped at those first six verses where God is saying, have you heard her? Do you live by wisdom? Listen, if we were in a Bible class right now and I said, hey, some of you just speak up and tell us what is wisdom? We wouldn't have to go very far before someone would say, it's experiences. It's living a long life and gaining a lot of experiences. Listen, over the next four weeks, I am going to challenge you from the Word of God to throw away that foolishness. That is as secular as it gets. Yes, if you want earthly wisdom that will lead you nowhere toward eternity, life is made up of a lot of experiences and you can choose to learn from them and you can benefit from a secular and earthly life. Yes, that is true. But we are not going to study four weeks earthly wisdom. We are going to study the highest wisdom. James 3 makes it very clear that there is a wisdom that comes from above and that there is a wisdom that is from the earth. And if you have patted yourself on the back because you have figured out earthly wisdom and you thought that you have obtained something, I want to challenge you to open your eyes and see that there is something over the horizon. She's standing up on the hill and she's offering you something that will change your life. She will change your life far beyond what you could ever imagine. Wisdom is not IQ. Wisdom is not excelling in a certain skill or a certain uh, experiences in life. Wisdom is literally being good at life. I'd like for you to think with me for just a moment. <clears throat> How often are individuals, either you or the people around you, their mind is filled with knowledge? They go to high school, they go to universities, they study hard, they get smart, they pass classes. 
Or maybe there's someone that they go into the military and they study maneuvers and they gain skills and they're powerful and courageous warriors. Or maybe there's someone else who they just love world events and they read online all the time. They stay connected to the 24-hour news network stations. They Google everything that's happening around them and they know what's happening in our world. Or maybe there's a friend or you that you just don't want to sit down and play Trivial Pursuit with them because they win every time. Or maybe it's your mechanical. Maybe you can fix anything. You have worked on so many moving parts that you can work on things that you've never worked on before. You just know mechanics. Or maybe you're IT oriented. Maybe you can build your own computer. Maybe you can write software that leaves everybody else amazed. Maybe you're advanced in medicine or law or education or engineering. But why is it that we could pick out some individuals that are the top of any of those fields, but yet at the close of day, they go home and they feed the dysfunction in their own family? They're a part of the problem at home that one day will lead to divorce or abandonment. Why is it that some of those same people are the ones that will spend more than they make and they will lose it, or at least most of it, in bankruptcy? Why is it some of those we just talked about are the ones that will find themselves in addiction? They'll struggle with alcohol. They'll take enough prescription pills to get them asleep and then enough to wake them up and enough to make them feel good. And before long, they realize they can't go through a day without those pills. Why is it if they have some of the highest IQs and they're the top of their field, why is it that when it comes to living life, they don't do so well? They steal from their employer. Their, the HR departments pull their hair out saying they're so hard to deal with. They lack integrity. Why? If they're the top of their field in knowledge and in experiences, what are they missing? They have earthly wisdom out of the top of their minds. What are they missing? Wisdom from above. Wisdom from above teaches us how to be good at life. Wisdom from above connects our soul with all that is righteous and all that is good and even to God himself. And so I want to challenge you. If you want to treasure relationships and if you want to be a blessing to the relationships that you're involved in, if you want to keep immorality out of your life, if you want to keep vices away from your life, if you want to be a person of integrity, treasure wisdom. Long for wisdom. Search for wisdom as if she is a treasure, as Proverbs says over and over. Listen to her as she cries out on the hills. Strive to bring wisdom into every relationship, every decision, to every aspect that you are. And not only will you become wise, you will be one that others will seek your counsel. 
You won't have to flaunt it, but you can't hide it. You will become a different person because nobody looks the same before wisdom and after wisdom. If you could have one wish, if you could ask for one thing, what would you ask for? The guy goes into a diner, an ostrich follows him in, the waitress comes over and takes the order and says, I'd like French fries and a cheeseburger and a large sweet tea, please. And she turns to the ostrich and the ostrich says, I'll have what he's having. Later, she brings the check, $12.82. He reaches in his pocket and pulls out exactly $12.82. The waitress thinks that's unusual. How did he know exactly what the, the, the ticket was going to be? The next day, they come in. They order something different. He turns to the ostrich. The ostrich says, I'll have what he's having. She brings the ticket. It's a different amount. He reaches in the pocket and brings out the same, the exact amount again. This happens four or five days in a row. And finally, the curiosity is too great. And the waitress turns back and says, listen, I've got to ask you something. How is it that you order something different every day and every day you have the right change? And he said, well, one time I was cleaning out of the attic. I found a little lamp. I rubbed the lamp. The genie popped out. The genie says, I'll give you two wishes. And said, I decided I would wish that for the fact that I would always have money in my pocket for whatever I saw that I wanted. So he says, it's pretty neat. If it's a gallon of milk and I say, I want that, I reach in my pocket and the right change is there. If I want a Rolls Royce, Rolls Royce I, I, I say, I want that. I reach in my pocket and the right money's there. So she says, you are so wise. So most people would have just asked for like a million dollars and then when they spend it, it would be gone. But yet yours is always going to be there. He says, that, that is brilliant. And she says, hey, can I ask you one more question? I said, yeah. I said, what's the deal with the ostrich? He kind of looked a little bit embarrassed. He said, well, my second wish... I asked for a tall chick with long legs that agreed with everything I said. <laughs> what would be your one wish? I really wish we could talk about this without having already talked about wisdom. But really, what would be your one wish? If God came to you and said, I'll give you one wish, how many of us would say, one wish, anything I want? I want a pocket that always has the correct change in it for anything I want. Why, everybody would want that, right? Oh, I want a long life. I'm afraid of dying. I don't want to die young. I just want to be healthy and live forever. I have enemies. I want you to take away the life of my enemies so no one is against me. Listen, what would you wish for? I want to be the most beautiful. I want to be the most, most powerful. I want to be the most popular. If your heart... Let's put it this way, not if your mouth said it, but if your heart said it. If your heart said what you truly wish for, what would you be asking God for? You remember in 1 Kings, the third chapter in verse 5, that's exactly what God did to Solomon. He offered him whatever he would ask for. Ask, he said, ask me what you want. And you remember, he asked for a heart that he could properly judge the people. And God said, I'm going to give you more wisdom than I've ever given anybody that's ever lived. And he is the one that has wrote 
that has written this book of Proverbs, this book of great wisdom, this book that if you and I could learn of the wisdom of which it speaks of, our life would be completely different. And so what I want us to do over the next few weeks, if you will, is I want us to think about what are the fruits of wisdom? What will our life look like if we're producing the fruits that wisdom would produce? And what would our life look like if, if we have the roots that are connected to wisdom? What really is the fruit of wisdom? What is the root of wisdom? And let's go to our text of today to still that eighth chapter, but let's drop down in verse 22. All through this passage, he's been talking about wisdom. And so now we come to wisdom being personified with the pronouns of I and we. And so when you read those pronouns, just realize he's talking about wisdom here. And he is also talking about God here. So when he talks about he, he's talking about God. And I'd like for us to think about what is it that Solomon would want us to understand about wisdom. Let's read 22, beginning in the eighth chapter. The Lord possessed me. In other words, the Lord possessed wisdom at the beginning of his way before his works of old. What is it that you have in your life that you can walk around your house and you say, oh, this is one of my works of old. You know, I could go on our farm and I could probably go up into the barn loft and there would be a corner in the barn loft if it's like it used to be not that long ago and, and uh, there would be some old beehive equipment. And I could show you some frames that very well I helped put those frames together when I was three and four years old. That's how I learned how to drive a nail was, was a little tack hammer putting beehive frames together. My dad would hold it and I would hit at it and usually about once out of 10 times I'd hit the nail and, and he taught me how to drive a hammer. I'd hit my head, I'd hit the nail, I'd hit my head, I'd hit, he'd say, son, you don't have to hit your head every time. And, and so I learned, I finally learned. And now, now think about this. I could pick up that beehive and I could say, hey, this is one of my works of old. Have you ever thought about God? God, what is one of your works of old? He'd point and say, see Mount Everest right there? Have you, have you seen the Pacific Ocean lately? These are my works of old. Look at this as he says about the works of old at the end of 22. And then 23 he says, I have been established from everlasting. So wisdom's been established from everlasting from the beginning. In other words, it wasn't established in the beginning. It's been from the beginning. Wisdom existed before God said, let there be light. So before there was ever an earth, 24, when there were no depths, talking about the oceans, when I brought forth where there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, when God was, was dividing up the continents and he was moving them into place and he was settling the mountains, wisdom said, I was there. I was there before he did that. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the uh, primeval dust of the world. Wow. How old is wisdom? The wisdom we're talking about, you can sell out on earthly wisdom if you want, but it's young and it's immature and it's shallow. What we want is a wisdom that is older than the hills. This wisdom was literally a part of the reason the hills were created. 
When we look at the earth, is there a reason why 70% of it is water? What do you think would happen to our ecosystem if only 40% of it was water? Oh, there's a reason why. It controls our temperature. It controls the changes of the season. It has a lot to do with the bringing in of the winds, the atmospheric conditions. A lot of that is contingent upon the fact that there's 70% of this earth covered in water. Where did that kind of wisdom come from? God is amazing. Well, what do you mean he's amazing? God, and now let's let wisdom be personified. Wisdom would say, I was there. I was there working with God. Do you see that what we want is we want to pull from a wisdom that is literally older than this earth. Now, let's see as wisdom continues to introduce herself to us, well, let me just quickly, if, if you want to back up a page to Proverbs, the third chapter in verse 19, and any of these points that we're making this morning, we could read many, many Proverbs or even some Psalms that would back up the same thing. But look again how in Proverbs 3 and 19, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. How did this earth take place so that it functions so perfectly? And God says, it's by wisdom that this happens. What do we want in our life? We want God's wisdom. Why? It is proven to be so orderly. It's proven to be so grand. It's proven to be so beautiful. We want that wisdom in our life. Let's continue reading now. Let's go over to 27. That's, we dropped off in 25 and 26. Let's go to 27. Proverbs 8, still he is speaking of God and the I and the me or the we is speaking of wisdom. He says, when he prepared the heavens, I, wisdom, was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. You see the personification here where, where you imagine God, God creating. And God would create something that, that we would look at and say, wow, look at the, 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 the ocean just seems majestic. Why? Because the one who created it is majestic. Look at Mount Everest, you, that's the scope. Listen, when we were kids, we tried to mound up a little bit of dirt. And mankind can mound up a lot of dirt, but nobody can mound up something like Mount Everest. Who can do that? And we say, God can. And if today we talked about describe God and him being the creator, if we were not in the middle of this text and we went around the room, and here's what my fear is. This is my fear of how little we know about wisdom. And we said, we want everybody to speak up and tell something about God's, God being the creator. And we went around the room. My fear is that all hundreds of us would speak up and no one would say, it was by wisdom that God created all this. 
But I hope after you and I dig deep into God's word this month, not only are we going to know how awesome God's wisdom is, but we're going to realize that not only did that wisdom create the masterpiece of this earth, but God is begging us to listen to his wisdom and let it create a masterpiece in our life. Listen, our life was not designed to be disposable, to be a throwaway deal. Our life wasn't designed to be like, life is pitiful. Our life is supposed to be a masterpiece. God wants to do great and tremendous things with us and through us. But the question is, will we rely upon his wisdom or will we throw it away? Don't you love that personification where God is making and he said, wisdom says, I was beside him. And then says, I was his delight. Can you imagine God saying, let's, let's go ahead and form some mountains here. Let's, let's push that continent right over there. We're going to need more water. Let's scoop out a little bit there. And can you imagine it's wisdom? It's wisdom saying, put some limits, put some limits right there to that water. Circle that earth like this. And what did God say at the end of each day? It is good. And see, he said, wisdom said, I was his delight. The masterpiece of what the wisdom of God created was literally God's delight. Do you realize God wants to create something in us and he wants to be able to look down and to see his people living and reflecting his wisdom so that each day he can look down and say, it is good. And in that, we can be wise and we can be the delight of God. Have you ever wondered, and I know many of us have, maybe all of us have, but any of us that enjoy the outdoors or grew up among God's uh, creation of the earth, how many times have we sat and we have watched a bird build a nest and we say, even though we know the answer, we say, how do they know to do that? Now, the one for me was always the beaver because as boys, we always tried to back up the creek ourselves, and we'd work so hard and we couldn't do it. And this little slimy animal would come in and he could back it up in a tremendous way and be so smart to live inside the dam that he built that's backing it up. And you just look at that. Even as a kid, you, you'd look at that and say, how can he do that? God has placed wisdom. Who, the wisdom of what? Of being a masterpiece builder. God gave the bird the wisdom of how to build a nest. He gave the wisdom to the eagle to put that nest way up high. He gave the wisdom to the beaver not to build a bird's nest. He gave the wisdom to the beaver to build a beaver dam to live in. He gave the wisdom to a groundhog to dig a den. Listen, the question I need to ask is what kind of wisdom did he offer me? What am I supposed to be building? If the bird has something they build from the masterpiece, the, the master's wisdom from above, 
And the groundhog has something they build. What are we supposed to be building? And God is literally taking his wisdom and he's screaming with the book of Proverbs and 27 other books in the Bible that teach specifically about wisdom. And he's saying, please listen to me. Please lift up your eyes. There is a way to live life in a good way. Please learn from this wisdom. Next week, we're going to break down what godly wisdom is as taught in the book of Proverbs. Not necessarily all the application, just the breakdown of the wisdom itself. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll try to give a lot of application out of Proverbs. I want to challenge you to do this. Don't stop the mailbox series. Read you two chapters in that. But this next week, I want to challenge all of us in here to read one chapter a day, beginning with Proverbs 1. And by next week, let's come in here having read the first seven chapters of Proverbs. Read a proverb each day and read the first seven chapters. You're going to notice that four of those chapters deal in significant practical teaching on what is wisdom, why should we want it, but then three of those chapters, you're going to see that he deals strongly with immorality. Because when we learn this wisdom, it's going to affect the things we do and the things that we don't do. All right, let's skip down to 32. Let's start wrapping this up. Look in 32, Proverbs 8 and 32. Now, therefore, you see that word now points to it's time to make a decision. Now, therefore, listen to me my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my door. You see, now he's saying there's a time of decision. Are you going to be willing to listen? Are you going to be willing to hearken? Are you going to be willing to obey? Listen and obey God. If we listen to God, we can learn wisdom. If we obey God, we can live out that wisdom. Are we willing to listen to obey? And God says, now, now. Isn't it interesting, any of you as parents, you know what the word now means, don't you? You know when you tell your child to do something and they're about to disobey you and you say, now. Johnny Crisp and I have a little running joke on that. Uh, that was a pretty important word in my family. Uh, if you disobeyed after the now, that was not a good day in the Shannon family. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting that God lays out, God lays out this idea that, look, I want to create a masterpiece in you. And this is what you're going to be pulling from is older than creation. It's the wisdom of God that creates masterpieces. And he says, now... Decide right now. Are you going to grow in wisdom this month? Is your goal that by the end of May, you will be the wisest you have ever been? Now's a good time to decide that. Are you going to listen and obey God as we study about his wisdom, as you read it on your own on a daily basis, as we come together and pull from God's word now? Now's the time to decide, will I hearken to him? And here, he, he talks about us being willing to stand, see at the end of 34, watching daily at the gates, waiting at the post of my door. What is that? That's the urgency of it. What are you going to do? I know that, that wisdom passes through these gates. I'm going to wait and I'm going to catch her. Or I know where she lives. I'm going to stand at the door and I'm going to keep waiting until I get her attention. In your house, there's probably one that gets ready earlier than the other one. Now, if you're the one that gets ready 
earlier than the other one. Have you ever noticed that if you go and you just stand in the doorpost of the bedroom and, and you wait on the other one for long, they'll say, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just waiting on you. We're, we're kind of running late. Go wait somewhere else. What, what does that mean? When you're standing at the doorpost, it is obvious. It is obvious. Hey, right now, you're my central figure. Right now, you're the one I'm waiting on. We are going to leave together. Can you honestly say right now, if your heart was revealed, can you say, I am not leaving without wisdom? I'm standing at the gates. I'm standing at the doorpost. I'm listening. I'm obeying. I am going to be wise. Why? What will it bring for us? Let's skip down. Let's read Proverbs, the eighth chapter, verse 35 and 36, and lesson yours. For whoever finds me, that's finds wisdom. Whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. What a blessing. That's why we want it. We want life. We want the favor of God. You remember when God looked down on creation and said, it is good. Wisdom says, God delights in me. Put God's wisdom in you and God will delight in you. Look at 36. But he who sins against me, now think about our, our theme for this year, soul focus. He who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Do not wrong your soul. Don't wrong your soul. Love God. Love life. Live a life that God can say, now that's what pleases me. Listen, IQ, it can be a blessing. Skills, they can be a blessing. Possessions, they can be a blessing. Oh, there's a lot of things that can be a blessing as long as you incorporate wisdom into them. You take out godly wisdom and none of them or all of them collectively could not carry you to a good life. She's crying. She's lifting her voice. She's not hiding. She's up high. She wants to make our life better. This morning, if we can help you in any way, be wise. Be wise with your soul. If you're ready to become a Christian, you're a believer that's willing to repent of sins and confess before men, and you're ready to be baptized into Christ for the mission of your sins, we'd love to assist you in that. What a wise thing that would be. Perhaps you've been a part of the Lord and You've not been walking with the Lord. What a wise thing it would be is to come home. To be humble enough to confess sin and pray forgiveness. We'd love to pray with you.